If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're turning our attention, looking at how you can be prepared for the anticipated changes that are coming in 2022 around our jobs and careers. A real practical focus today, given that there are reports that even hundreds of thousands of Australians are desperately looking for work. A lot of people want to put 2021 behind them, and with economic conditions looking, I guess it all depends on who you listen to, but looking favourable with prospects that come from emerging from COVID and changing career may be in the mind of a lot of people who are discontent to let things remain the same. Thousands of businesses that have had to stand down staff over the past couple of years and even now mandatory vaccinations have created uncertainty for people across the marketplace. So today some optimism as we look at new beginnings for 2022 We'll talk about where God might be in all of our uncertainties around our work and careers. Well, our special guest through this coming hour is Daniel O. He leads Job Search Help For You. It's a free, no-cost service for people who are faced with career challenge, job uncertainty and job loss. Now, Daniel is an internationally recognized training coach. From a career as a chartered engineer working around the world, he's been a careers columnist and feature writer and presenter on radio and television. And there is a mission dimension to what Daniel does for the past seven years. Daniel and his wife, Jeannie, have been volunteering their skills with SIM. That's the wonderful mission organisation called Serving in Mission, S-I-M Australia. But Daniel O, a special welcome back to 2020. Neil, what a lovely introduction and it's good to be back. Thank you. Hey Daniel, I've said we're going to make this a very practical conversation through our hour and I imagine that how we respond when we're thinking about our own job, our own career, uh, it's a little bit irrelevant what the headlines say because uh, I guess attitude is important as to the way you think about your job and career. I think it is. I think that uh, some of the headlines can be alarming, but there's a lot of good news out there. And certainly from our experience, uh, some of our clients are really getting good jobs. And there is hope. So that's good. And I think that changing direction, maybe modifying what you're interested in doing uh, and having a refocus is uh, is a positive step, which we help people with. And as I said, people are getting back into work. So that's good. We won't be having an economic conversation today, but just to reflect uh, just briefly, I mean, places like America, where they've got 
you know, trillions of dollars being uh, uh, flowing into the marketplace there and people who are thinking about uh, moving jobs because there's a lot of jobs being created in that market. They're having what they call a great resignation. People are moving from one employment, job switching to another area of employment, even changing careers altogether. Some of that will sweep into our Australian context. Do you have to be aware of what's happening in these sorts of conditions and the environment to to be able to plot a a way forward when you're talking about your career? Absolutely. And I think the word is transition. We're transitioning from a situation that uh, was the degree of uncertainty, uh, even some people whose jobs are no longer there because of the change of uh, the economic situation. And I think the, the idea of flexibility, saying, okay, well, what did I do in my previous career, my previous job, which have transferable skills? In other words, uh, did I do something in my previous job which can be easily transferred into a new role, uh, even outside my normal career path? So being aware of that and being prepared to change at whatever age is a very, very important focus to have at this time. I imagine if you don't take into consideration those skills that you carry from your uh, job that you've had previously, you've got to look at uh, retraining. And for some people, that's going to be fine. And uh, you might feel like you've got time to do that. Others who are midway through their working career or towards an end of it, and uh, they're without work, retraining's not always so easy to think about, is it? Well, you know, I, I think it, it can be. I think that different people have misconceptions. When you reach a particular age, you know, you're no longer trainable. I don't think that's true. And I think there's a great deal of excitement, actually, when you get older to say, okay, well, I've had a career doing this particular role. Uh, and now um, it's no longer there. And what's out there? And finding the right program, the right coach, even financial support within some organizations to retrain can be a very exciting move. And I would encourage your listeners not to think, well, 21 or 31 to do this. You do 41, 51 and 61. I mean, that's the the, the essence of it. So I encourage people that a lot of people have retrained and they've retrained and, and been excited about it. They've actually had a good career, and now they're looking at saying, well, I can draw from that career, I can draw from those skills and experience, and I can apply it to a new career. So it can be almost a new lease of life, and I wouldn't let people put off by the fact that you can't retrain Let's talk about where our listeners might be today on a spectrum with their employment, because some will be in that desperation point Uh, you've lost your job for whatever reason and uh, it may be your fault it may not be it could be about COVID it could have been lockdowns businesses closing could be because you couldn't get a job because uh, you know you've decided to go with an unvaccinated uh, route and you're finding it difficult to get employment in your area and then you've got those who are saying well I've got a job but I do want to change careers I wonder if you've got any thoughts Daniel about desperation and ambition because sometimes we want to think of ourselves as ambitious but we do want to have that colored by our christian understanding of what it is to be content Uh, what are your thoughts around you know whether you're desperate or whether you're ambitious for change it's a very good point and i hope people don't feel the the need if that's the right word to be desperate um, with a perspective of God in our life, we know that God is in every 
year of our life in every aspect of our careers. And to say desperate is, well, I'm almost saying, well, God's not in this. Well, I think the bumps in the road, as I very often refer is in life and in their career, are actually part of what God is bringing us through. Um, so it's, it's good to be aware and be concerned, and even out of concern, you actually make some steps to either retrain or talk to people or seek help. Uh, but I encourage people to not to be desperate because uh, there is hope in our personal faith, but there's also hope in life. There are people who have made that transition that maybe you're considering, and there are people that are prepared to help you in that transition. So uh, be aware that uh, you're, you're not the first person that's going through the journey uh, that you're experiencing. Many people have, and it's finding people who have been through that journey that can help you, or professionals such as career coaches, who can say, well, look, these are the steps that we really suggest and we found people have used and, and they come through it into a very fulfilling next chapter or next phase of their career. We do want to talk practical things today about being prepared for change. And uh, let's come to what you might do if you are in that place where you've lost your employment or you can see the writing on the wall and you think that it is time to change. Uh, maybe I jump before the ship goes down. Or, you know, you might be thinking about all of those sorts of issues. Uh, how do you practically make some level of preparation uh, for when you know that you either have to move or you've got an option here where you can begin to move? What are your thoughts here, Daniel? Well, we call that career readiness. And the career readiness, the definition that we use is being ready to face any challenge at any time with confidence. So let me just repeat that. Being ready to face any challenge at any time with confidence. It's good to be prepared. Now, you've mentioned that we provide a free service. We actually do workshops on this. It's called career readiness. It lasts for and we go through everything that people should think about if they're either uncertain about their career or want to be prepared just in case they lose their job or even positive change, want to transform, you know, transition into a new field. So the, the foundation of what we do is career readiness. What do we do in order to be prepared in the event that we lost our job or we have a decision, yes, we want to re retrain and go into a new career? So that's the first step. And involved in that, of course, is very much how we market our skills and experience in our previous career. You know, I'm an employer, I have been an employer, and basically I buy, before I look at the person, I'm actually buying their skills uh, and their experience and also looking at their achievements before I look at the individual. So it's, it's knowing how to do that. The number one mistake that people make in that transition is they write their CV or resume as a life story, not as a marketing flyer. Uh, and I can tell you, employers don't read marketing flyers. Sorry, don't read life stories. They want to read a marketing flyer about what you're offering. So that's, uh, those are the two practical things that we encourage people to think about right up front. The number one reason why people are not called for interviews is their CVs are not being read. Uh, and that's a a fact of life. If you apply for a job, you may get two or 300 people applying for that job. You want your CV, your resume to at least be read in order for you to be called for an interview. Daniel, some people are more prepared than others. Is there a Christian position on preparedness here? 
where you might be anticipating that, you know, things can change one day to the next. Uh, You might even think of a stewardship way of thinking about your own work and your own career. Is there a Christian way of thinking about whether you maintain a level of loyalty to your employer? Uh, if uh, If you don't feel that sort of loyalty, ready to move and even take promotion positions, uh, even you know, the, taking opportunities to climb ladders. Uh, thoughts around a Christian idea of how you hold tight or not to your job? Uh, that's a very good question. I think that as Christians, we pray about our daily life. We go into society and work. So we can pray about that. We can actually uh, seek for guidance on that, talking to close friends and and people perhaps that we know in the community. Um, But it's a very valid point. Should we always chase the dollar, as they say? Should we always be considering, well, what's my next promotion? How can I get more money? Or should we be saying, well, are we at the present moment where God wants us in that particular company, in that particular location, in that particular area? And I think those questions need to be really thought through because sometimes we have clients that turn down promotion or turn down a job that takes them away from the Christian community that they feel that God has placed them in. So it's worth considering and it's a very, very valid point. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. We're talking about being job ready. We're talking about careers. We're talking practical aspects of where you might position yourself with change. Some of us in desperate situations having lost jobs of recent times and could be because of COVID and lockdowns and businesses changing, could be for all sorts of reasons that you might be thinking of career change. And 2022 offering some prospects uh, that could look good, depends on who you listen to, but so many will be thinking, what's a Christian position and how do I understand where God is when it comes to my career? Well, our special guest this hour is Daniel O. He leads Job Search Help For You. There is practical help. You might have a scenario, you might have a question, you might have a comment. 1-800-316-316. Daniel, let's take a call. Jonathan is on the line in WA in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yeah, hello, Neil. Jonathan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, as I look at the whole thing, is uh, even this one transferred to even in, in the religion era in church. We think that changing position will make you change your church, change your career, go to a new one, will make you to be who you want to be. But what I believe is that uh, you can do all these things if your character, your behavior not change, not doing the right thing. You can change church, you can change career. You always do the wrong thing because you are the cause, not the place you're going. But if you have bad input to any place you go, you always have the negative result. Uh, interesting thoughts there, Jonathan. Uh, the grass often looks greener on the other side. Uh, I think you're saying here, Jonathan, something along the lines of, you know, you've got to be planted to prosper and God has planted you where you are. Uh, there might be a, a few different thoughts there. Uh, Daniel, have you got a response for Jonathan? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point that we need to look at ourselves 
business, are we perhaps part of the challenge? I remember coaching somebody many years ago, uh, and he was saying, my situation's bad, my situation's bad, and I was coaching him through it. Daniel, I suddenly figured out what the problem is. I said, well, what's that? He said, it's me. And he, he, just, he just came up with it. He said, I've got to change. And I think that was an interesting insight that he had where maybe that's the point that Jonathan is making, that sometimes when we're not happy in a work situation or even in a company, uh, we can say, well, it's the company or it's the work situation, but with ourselves and say, well, is there an attitude that I have which actually is, 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 is not very helpful in working with a team or working with colleagues? So I think praying about it, being a good listener and being prepared to hear counsel and advice from trusted friends is also a very, very valid point. Jonathan in Perth, a great concept. Thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You raise something very important there, Daniel. If if you are unhappy, it may be you that has to change. Uh, Some counsellors that you might know around you that might give you some honest advice Honest advice is going to be a very necessary thing, especially if you're the sort of person who's prone to want to change every every six months. Well, yes, and I think as a coach, sometimes we have that difficult conversation uh, where we we say to a person, "Look, you know, uh, all this is confidential. Of course, coaching is confidential, but I think that the problem may well be you. If we look at what you're saying and your discussions and everything else." Some of it comes across as, say, very self-promoting or very arrogant or very insincere. So we say, uh, we need to help you understand that. Now, the, the enlightened client says, okay, well, I don't see it. Can you help me understand that? And we go, well, when you spoke to so-and-so and so-and-so, this is what you said. Ah, okay. So you give them examples, not just say you're arrogant or you're so self-promoting. We say, look, you're self-promoting. You see this letter you've written. Well, it's just all about you. Let's just change the emphasis here. Okay, I've got it. So that's the uh, the, the strength of having a trust friend or a coach that you really actually trust or, and, and that can help you through that journey. That's why coaching would be so important and especially someone, I guess, with the sorts of skills you're talking about today. And so I do want to encourage listeners, you might be thinking about your career. There might be change that's either been thrust upon you or you might be thinking of change for the new year. Give us a call run by our special guest today, your scenario. That might be helpful to lots of others who are listening in who are appreciating the same issues. Let's take another call. Christine is in Esperance in WA. Hi, Christine. Welcome. Hi, Neil. How are you going? Very well, Christine. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'm really enjoying this conversation today. I'm kind of right in the middle of what's going on. Um, I've decided last year, I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom, and then I decided, you know, I've got to do something. And, um, yeah, I was uh, trying to decide if I'm going to, get into counselling and um, I decided to do that last year in the middle of craziness Um, and um, I've been praying about it and asking God to guide me where he wants to use me and um, now I'm I'm really struggling with my decision because um, it's hard, you know, it's it's really tough and having a family and sitting in the countryside and trying to to do your studies and um, I think the devil just knows where your weaknesses are as well and and I get these doubts so many days where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Am I using my energy, 
you know, in the right way. And um, it's it's a tough thing to do if you want to do God's work, but um, but you've got the devil on the other hand pulling pulling at you, if you know what I mean. There's so, a lot um, of things to so juggle, yeah. isn't there, Christine? I mean, it's, you know, your financial concerns, uh, needing to get back into the workforce. Uh, so I imagine your kids are at school and you're thinking of getting back into the workforce. Is that where your situation is? Yes, that's that's right. And then, you know, doing what, what God wants me to do. That, that's the hard thing for me to really disguise between what's my feelings and what's, what's God's purpose for me. Christine, great thoughts. Let's get uh, Daniel. What are your thoughts for Christine? Well, Christine, I think it's great that you've been so open about that. Uh, I think that uh, on a practical level, uh, as career coaches, we have tools, like any practitioner, that can help people bring clarity to their thoughts. So if you're one of our clients and you came into one of our programs, we have a tool that says, okay, well, what's in your mind here? What's thinking about? What are your concerns? Where do you want to work? And we use this tool. We've used it for over 20 years for to help people bring clarity to their thought process, particularly like you wanting to get back into the workplace. But alongside that, um, if you're involved in a church or community, uh, then of course there's another aspect. You, you talk to your pastor or your friends and say, look, I really want to get clarity on this and I believe there's a, a very biblical way of saying I just need to pray for wisdom. And my, my wonderful dad used to say, well, wisdom is defined as God's way of thinking. I think that's lovely because he used to pray for me and I don't know what to advise you but if I can pray that you have God's wisdom, that's a really a good step to take. So you've got a two-prong approach there. You can have the professional approach that I'm talking about in terms of clarity, but also you've got a, a dimension of talking to your friends uh, who can help you in this. And we don't want to be alone on this. God never intended us to be you know, soldiering along on our own. We have people that God is alongside us to help us in our journey of life. Christine, thank you so much for your call. Uh, great insight and, uh, yes, uh, very candid. And thank you so much for your openness there. Uh, one of the things there that certainly strikes a chord, and just a couple of minutes out from the news now, but you can easily lose your confidence if you've been out of the workforce for a while. And sometimes mums who are re-entering the workforce, you know, have some issues with confidence and uh, not knowing which direction to go. How important is having a level of confidence and how do you get it if you've been out of the workforce for a little while, Daniel? Well, it's good to recognise that that is a common challenge that many people have. So you're not alone. Um, confidence comes with practice and one of the areas where people uh, do lack confidence if they've been out of the workplace is going to an interview, uh, even an interview panel. Uh, and that's kind of a challenge. Wow, how do I actually cope with talking to people about what I do? So confidence will come through practice. Uh, and when we're coaching people, we say, look, even if you go to see a recruitment company or, or another company, just recognize that that is interview practice. If you get called for an interview, even if you think, well, I don't really know what I want to go to this job, just go and, and have that interview practice. And after one or two interviews, two or three interviews, your confidence builds and you realize that you've got something that an employer wants. You've got skills, you've got experience because they're buying you initially as the product. And I think that it's natural to feel nervous uh, but confidence comes through practice. Daniel, we want to tackle all sorts of things, not only just being job ready, 
but also issues around your CV and your uh, resume, they're one and the same, but also that interview process. But let's just touch on something for some who'll be changing jobs. Oftentimes when you start a new job, you'll be entering a probation period. Any thoughts around how you handle yourself if you score that new job because you got some things right and now you're in that workplace? Thoughts here for practical ways you can handle that probation period? Well, yes, Neil, I do. And I think the important thing is for, for your listeners to for, for know for that most jobs, uh, when you have that contract of employment, there will be a, a probation period. A probation period can be three months or can be six months. And during that period, really, you're looking at doing extremely well during that period, particularly because at the end, they can either make the permanent uh, the uh, the post uh, for you a permanent, or they can let you go. So first of all, a probation period is very normal. That's very that's a very normal thing to do. Um, it's also very important to recognise that you've got to be really very aware that you're going to perform really well and even exceed their expectations. They've chosen you to work for this company, but you've got to know prove to them really that you are the right person and you really are enjoying it so much. Um, we have the word low maintenance. In other words, just do what you can to be a good employee, uh, arrive on time, uh, listen carefully to instructions, be a good focus in terms of your team uh, aspect of playing together with the members and working together with those members. Um, just remember that the first 30 days, unlike a politician who wants to do things in 30 days actively, the best thing to do in the first 30 days is just listen. Say, I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. I really want to understand uh, what the company does, their culture, the people, and, and how I fit in. Um, so those are some uh, upfront tips. And also be aware that um, at the end of the six-month period, there will be an evaluation. And uh, I suggest to people that you ask your supervisor, say, well, could I have an evaluation or at least a coffee or chat with you every month? So basically, as that six months ticks away, every month you're getting a good feedback that you're doing well here uh, or there's areas they want you to change. So that at the end of the six months, it's not a big surprise that you've landed that permanent job or even that you've lost it because you've actually been proactive and asked for feedback positive feedback uh, during that uh, six-month period. No doubt there's a real Christian foundation here that is important because uh, all of us might be able to identify a time when it's either ourselves or someone we know, a level of hypocrisy. And as Christians, we always want to be on guard that we're not in that hypocrisy uh, position because uh, if you sell yourself well in the interview, but fall short when you're on the job, whether it's your skills level or especially your attitude level, there's something there for Christians to be particularly mindful of. Any thoughts here, Daniel? Absolutely. I think it's important to recognize that as Christians, we are required, commanded to respect those in authority over us. Now, many of us consider that to be the government or something very senior, but actually it's respecting uh, the leaders that we're working under, the team leader our boss. So yes, show respect uh, and, and, and show that you care. Uh, they've put a trust in you to work for them and you've got to demonstrate that trust. I think also from a Christian point of view, uh, though we don't vocalize necessarily our faith at every opportunity, we can demonstrate 
the, the values that we have in our Christian faith as we work each day with our boss and with our colleagues. Um, so I think that's a very as- important aspect as well. If somebody does say to you, well, look, tell me about what you do at the weekend, of course you can say, well, I, I do go to church or I, I sing in a choir or whatever it might be. Uh, but be aware that as a Christian, we, we are, we're on show. We're actually uh, an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Is it uh, something you've seen over the years where we can aim too high, uh, way above our own skill set, way above where we really ought to be at? Or is there the other side? We might be aiming too low and underestimating our value to the employer that we're working with. Uh, Any thoughts here, Daniel? (laughs) You've got some good, very good questions. The answer is, is, is yes to both. I think that we know what we're capable of. And therefore, we could say, well, I know that we can do this with confidence. If you're always striving to be better, that's good. But if you're always striving to be something you're not, that's not so good. Basically, God has given you skills and talents. Uh, allow that come out naturally in the, the workplace. But you're right also, some people, particularly when they get back into the workplace, they're underselling themselves. Oh, I can't do that. Or no, I couldn't possibly do that. Well, maybe uh, in the first instant, you feel, no, I couldn't do that. But if you think about it, if you pray about it and say, well, God's placed me in this particular job, I'm going to really trust him to help me to be proactive in this area, to be able to say, for instance, teaching, teach a child that's really challenging. Well, I don't think I'm capable. Yes, you you probably aren't in one sense, but if you ask God to give you the grace, the strength and the wisdom, uh, then God has uh, the credit as well as you. And I think that's a very positive way when we can look at our own insecurities and also the areas that we're not really very good at. But when it works out, yes, God was with me in that. So it's yes to both situations. I'm reminded of that proverb in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. Do you see a skillful man in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So uh, underrating your own performance, uh, obviously being attentive and being able to put your best foot forward in the skills that you've got because employers love a good employee because sometimes in some businesses employees are very hard to find good employees are hard to find so uh, there's but come back to the employee position here because you could have loyalty to your employer you could be very skilled in what you do daniel uh, but you may be disadvantaging yourself by not moving up because you might be worth more in another workplace any thoughts here yeah, I think, again, you need to have a, a balance. Um, working up in the workplace, I think society tells us that's what success looks like. You know, if we have been promoted, we are successful. Uh, but, you know, I had a, a colleague who, who worked for me for many years. He was really, really, really good at what he did, and he didn't want promotion. And he said, you know, I'm good at what I do, and he was. And he stayed at that level for, for I think, most of his career. So I think that's the question, you've got to get the balance. If uh, if God is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, look, go for that, that senior job, go for that position, uh, then say, okay, God, I, I feel weak in this area. I feel vulnerable. But sometimes that's a good thing because when you do succeed, it's not just your abilities that have come through. It's the way that God has been with you and strengthened you and given you wisdom in that challenging situation. So I think we've got to be aware that there's no 
sort of yes or no answer here, but it's what is God saying in that situation? Daniel, back to some good practical insight, either whether you are searching for a new job or you're in your current job and you know there's movement within your workplace and there are promotions on offer. We often get concerned about how we negotiate a salary. What are your thoughts around how you conduct yourself in that space? Well, first of all, most of us find it very difficult to talk about money. I mean, some people have no problem, but most people find that uh, money is a very confidential issue. So therefore, we don't naturally talk about it. Perhaps when we were younger, we might do when we come out of college or university, how much our first salary was. But after that, we don't talk about it. I think then we've got to come to the point when we are perhaps uh, going to an interview and they, they, they pose that question. Well, how much do you want? <laughs> and I had one of our clients who was just given that direct question. Well, I think the person had to do the research and say, well, in the marketplace, what am I worth according to my skills and my experience? Um, you know, I have five years experience in, in, in teaching, say. I have a lot of experience in teaching children with disadvantage. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, almost a, a tag attached to that. So when we're talking about that, we say, well, I think with some of my skills and experience, in the current marketplace, I'm probably worth between X and Y. That's two figures. So give a range rather than a precise figure. And you've done the research that you know somebody uh, or, or people in your career uh, are earning that sort of money. Um, we also are fearful. We're fearful that we're going to ask too much and therefore we're going to be eliminated or we're going to ask too little and we say leave some money on the table. Oh, I could have actually asked for some more. So the employer will have a budget and he's hoping to, uh, to to buy those skills and experience within his budget, whatever that might be. Uh, don't take this too complicated here, but is it actually good if you are negotiating around the salary, if there's a little bit of tension in that? Because <laughs> you've identified something really important. Uh, you know, if I ask that amount, is that too much or is that too little? If you don't explore the upper level or the lower level and have that open conversation, perhaps you go away with that you know, remorse of, I should have asked for more. So is a little bit of tension there in the conversation actually a good thing? I don't know whether tension is the word I use. I, I think it's a skill that you have to, need to, to, to have. Now, if you're in business, you, you have the skill of you know, negotiating a contract or giving an estimate you know the client will take. Um, so you're skilled in that. You're doing it almost every day because basically you've got a client um, that wants something and you want the most and he wants <laughs> for the little, <laughs> the smallest amount possible. Um, I think tension is something which could be negative, but a positive way of negotiation because you've researched what you're worth in the marketplace gives you that confidence that we were talking about earlier in the conversation. So you negotiate from a position of strength and confidence, not nervousness. Now, if you haven't done your homework and you don't know what you're worth, then obviously that uh, strength and confidence just isn't there. Um, so I say that um, if, when I'm negotiating both sides of the coin, because I've been employed and been an employer, that the common phrase is, well, look, you know, you want this, I want this, we must meet somewhere in the middle, I'm sure, is the figure that we can come to because you realise that you need somebody with my skills and I realise that somebody with my skills is going to cost you X. So it's a skill of negotiation and we, we do help clients with the, uh, that sort of... 
awkward conversation sometimes. Is there an addendum you can add to all of those conversations around salary that might say, can we get a review of my salary in six months? Is that something that you might, if you are in that conversation and unsure about what level you're on there, to ask for a review sometime soon or just leave that open-ended? Well, asking for a review gives a, a closed question. It's either yes or no. So therefore, I would avoid that. If you ask an open question, is there a possibility that my salary could be reviewed at the end of the probation period? You know, is there a possibility? Uh, they can say, well, th- yes, that's normal practice, or no, we just don't do that. And of course, if you're going for some government jobs, the salary scale is fixed anyway, so you know what it is. They may have some degree of flexibility, but they, you know what it is. But I, I think it's a little bit too confronting saying, would you please <laughs> review my salary after six months? Because they might say, nope, and that's the end of the conversation. But asking for consideration is the best approach. I wonder if I ask you here, Daniel, about the favour of God, and this might come down to what we've been talking about all along, confidence and attitude. But is there an expectation that we can have as Christian believers for the favour of God on our employment? Uh, we might you know, come to other dimensions that might be about what do you do if everything goes pear-shaped and you're sacked and there could be all sorts of things that could go on. But by and large... The favour of God, is this something we as Christians carry and appreciate and because we're close in relationship with him, we should expect that he has our best interest at heart? Well, we know he does, but living in the reality of that is sometimes a challenge. Now, when I uh, lost my job in the City of London many years ago, you know, I had a very senior appointment in a merchant bank. I went to work and by 10 o'clock that job had gone. And I could have said, well, where is God in that? I mean, I was shocked. I was literally stunned and bewildered and angry, didn't know what was going to happen. But I think over the years, I've actually learned that God doesn't make a mistake. Now, that's not a glib expression. That is true. I can remember going for one interview where I was shortlisted, almost guaranteed to get the job. I mean, people said, look, I've been through this interview. Just a question of a formality. And I went to the interview, the last one, and it completely fell apart. I mean, not just fell apart, it completely fell apart. And I had to come out of that realizing that, uh, looking back, that was God's way of saying, this isn't for you. And I think that that is a hard, very, very hard thing to do. I was out of work at the time, and this was a job that's going to pay my my mortgage, pay my salary, pay my bills. But I had to come out and say, well, however hard it is, in everything, God is sovereign. And I still find that a hard thing to say. We know he is sovereign, living in the reality of saying, you know, God was in that decision. That's still tough and hard to do, but we've got to learn to do that because that's the way God made us. Wonderful talking about these things with you, Daniel. Let me ask you about what you do with Job Search Help for You. Do you work mostly with people who are in, you know, corporate careers, uh, high-level positions? And uh, listeners will know that, you know, as you told that story, that you've worked in those higher-level positions as well. Or are you mainly working with people on entry-level employment? Uh, What sort of people typically are seeking the help that you offer? Right across the board. Um, Yes, we are dealing with people at a very senior level. Uh, but we are dealing with students who are looking for their very first job. We had enormous privilege just recently of running workshops for a group of people who were in the first stages of their career where English was their 
second language, and they wanted to break into a good job in the Australian marketplace. And these people were students. These are people coming from overseas. They just wanted to provide for their families. So to answer your question, it's right across the board. Um, uh, in, in terms of the language, we may slow down a little bit or be, uh, take a little longer to go through some of the, uh, the, the questions if the language is a problem, but we enjoy doing that. Now, if you just ask practically what we do, we have four one-hour workshops, which are all free on, uh, online. They all last for one hour. And the first one is it, it, they're open to everybody. I mean, non-Christian or no faith, it doesn't matter. We're just open to the community, both in Australia and also overseas. We're dealing with people overseas as well. So the first one is to do with career readiness. The second one is to do with your CV. How do you make the CV effective? Uh, then this next one is networking. And the third one, the fourth one is to do with interviewing. So, yes, we love getting involved in people. We've helped uh, a lot of people uh, since we started this work uh, once the pandemic hit and we couldn't travel with our SIM missionary uh, role. We just said, well, let's go back to what we're good at. And uh, we're very fortunate that we've been involved in so many people's lives and we celebrate with them. that They, they do land work. They do land a job. When you say you work with SIM, serving in mission, I no doubt there's there's people who are coming out of mission contexts and getting back into a workforce too because there's this transition that happens between ministry roles, mission roles and getting into uh, the ordinary workforce. That's uh, Without getting into a whole lot of detail here, uh, that's something too that you're working with obviously. Yes, that's transition. Um, we've been fortunate. We've worked with SIM in about 25 countries around the world. Uh, we go and coach their teams. Now, some of them will come back to their home country, uh, either at short notice or at the end of their term, and they don't know how to get into the marketplace. So that transition, we have to uh, coach them in, well, this is what happens in Australia or whichever country they've gone back to. And this is how we can help them in actually achieve a, a different phase in their life, a, a career in something which they have not been necessarily familiar with. Many have gone overseas uh, on a calling and they've gone to, to, to serve in, in the mission field and they feel the end has come and they want to come back and get into employment. So, yes, we do help a lot of people. Some people who come back at very short notice and need to find work to, to meet their bills. Well, those who take advantage of the opportunity to access your free no-cost service for people may find it is life-changing uh, moving into a new level, a new dimension of their own careers and getting back into the workforce and at all these different levels we're talking about. Our special guest through this hour has been Daniel O. And Daniel leads Job Search Help For You. That's Job Search Help, the number four, the letter U, jobsearchhelpforyou.com. And you might want to take advantage of those free offerings there, coaching and workshops that provide that knowledge you need for career readiness, for preparing your CV, for all of the networking that you'll need to do in your career and the interviewing process. Wonderful insights today, Daniel O. And no doubt we'll get a chance to do this again and tackle some more dimensions because it's, it's like there's unlimited things to talk about here as we discuss what it is to be a Christian working in the marketplace and what it is to have God's favour on you as you are in your working life. Daniel, thank you so much for taking time to share these thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and it's been a joy to talk to your listeners. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.